When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester. And now I'm not saying that all extra biblical texts are bad, because definitely like the Dead Sea Scrolls or the Apocrypha. And I'm Avsonensky, and I... Uh definitely do um have sexual relations Av, your outfit it's too serious it is way too serious yeah why so um, serious Av's outfit welcome back to pretty 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 good which is still the name of this podcast formerly a curb your enthusiasm podcast presently a rehearsal podcast we are here today <laughs> to discuss episode two scion which originally aired on July 22nd, 2022. A nice little pun in the name. Uh, Cyan, of course, uh, the, the child that um, is the centerpiece of this episode. And also uh, the vehicle that we will learn many, many times was crashed at 100 miles an hour. Yes, yes. Um, since you mentioned the name, I don't know if you noticed, I actually changed the name of our podcast, how it appears in the uh, you know, Apple Store and the like. Oh, what is the name of our podcast? We used to be pretty, pretty, pretty good, colon, a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We are now pretty, pretty, pretty good, colon, a podcast about Curb, dot, 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 and the rehearsal. Okay. <laughs> uh, more accurate. Well, you know, well, sure. you know, if, you, you, if on the off chance that someone is going to go into iTunes and, you know, look for a podcast about the rehearsal, like, yeah. I guess we want them to find it, right? So, yeah, although I, rehearsal, I feel like, is not a great SEO name. No, it's not because right, it's it's used for, in a lot of words. Yeah. So like yeah, right. I, I I was looking to see if there was anyone else covering it, and it was very hard to tell because there was like lots of re- responses to the words rehearsal. Yeah. Um, and it like disregards the most of the time in these mm. things. So it's just like there's a million things. Yeah. Um, there is one other podcast that uh, I'm aware of, but uh, I don't think it's a very prevalently covered uh, show. So I think mm. it's probably just the two of us, if I had to guess. So, okay. So I think we sort of have to like set the table on where we were last week, where we are this week. Yes, yeah, so that's a good idea. That's yeah. a good idea. We, we okay. had watched one episode. So last week we watched one episode. Um, most people were very high on it. Uh, I was not. Our mutual friend, uh, Butch, by the way, told me he complained to me that whenever he sends you critical feedback about an episode or about a show, you never report it. He was very frustrated to hear only four star reviews in the uh, mailbag. Oh, well, he well, OK, well, he did not. He doesn't send this. it via the proper postman, no, but not, not even close to that. Actually, you know, uh, Pumfakert mm. is what I would say. Um, I will I, I will read work. to you the great messages. Work. I will read. I will read to you the messages. Um, yeah, not quite pumfakert, but um, explain what pumfakert means. Mean, yeah, pumfakert means the exact opposite. Mm, yes. um, Adaraba, so he, as I so like to say. I, I, yeah, I said you know I, I I shared a tweet in a group that I'm in with him. Um, you know to let people know you know we're uh, we're covering the show and you should send in feedback. And he responded in the group, mm. started it, finished it, hated it. My feedback would be don't watch it and definitely don't do a podcast about it. I feel stupid for having watched it. I found it not to be comedic at all. I found all his setup bits to be very stupid and pointless. And more than anything, I'm sad that so much time and money was wasted building the sets. And there's no way to know that they aren't all actors and not real people. He also, then, he also said to me, like, matter-of-factly, he's like, the problem is it's so obvious that this one bar is where the entire series is going to take place. Like, there's no <laughs> chance they're building anything else for episode two. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so I was exactly. like, I was like, Butch, I don't want to argue with you. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to spoil anything. I would just say that if that's so obvious to you, you might want to consider watching episode two. Yeah. Um, to which Jared Jerome said, save it for the postman. Mm. And Butch wrote question mark. Yes. <laughs> Not for... <laughs> So I didn't I didn't completely interpret that as a, you know, something that he wanted to be shared on the podcast, but now it has been. So there you go. Yeah. All right. So uh, and our friend um, 
our good friend Uncle Kiwi said, and I haven't fact checked this at all, that the uh, that episode one, what you know, traditionally on network television shows, the way that a show gets on air is they get the green light to film a pilot, they make a pilot episode, and then if that gets if they like it enough, that goes on the air, and if the feedback from going on the air is enough, then they can go to series or go to partial series or go to whatever the case may be. Usually on a lot of the streamers, HBO, that's not really how it works. With Nathan Fielder's background, I didn't think that's how it works. But Akiva said that they made episode one as a pilot and then made the other episodes later and separately. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, he definitely theorized that. I don't know if he knew that or oh, if he okay. was well, I will say this. Su- suggesting that. Okay, so, and this is, a, this is a thing that I thought we shouldn't do, but we did. So I think we just need to, like, be level with the listeners here. So we got the streamers uh, for episodes one through five, and we talked about how we're going to watch it. And I said, I'm only going to watch episode two because if I watch any additional episodes, it'll mess me up on the podcast. And then you made fun of me. But like, I think that's exactly the circumstance here now because we need to both be very careful that we don't say anything that's an accidental spoiler. Yeah, well, now I, I think now you put the cart before the horse or whichever is the bad one because okay. we, we, we were gonna, we, you were going to say what happens and then you, then you edited it out and now you just continued. Um, I don't get but it. Anyway. Oh. But yeah, no, so yeah, so I'm uh, I'm in addition to being the uh, the uh, co-host of this podcast, I'm also the amazing producer of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yes. and I uh, I reached out I, to my uh, very close sources at HBO, yes. and uh, obtained some screeners of episodes two to five, and it was it wasn't necessarily the type of thing that I thought was was t- would typically be the best thing to do, but given the situation, uh, once we had our hands on those, I was like, you know, you may as well just watch as many of these as you want and f- figure out if you want a podcast about this because right, if but, you but, watch it- but I told you after episode two that I was immediately in and that I was like right. super fired up. And yeah. then at that and and I said at that point, but then at that point you're like, no, no, we're still watching more than, or you said that you were watching more than. Yeah, like, my point was just to watch them all because yeah. I, if I have the ability to watch something that I'm into, I'm gonna want to watch it. And, um, you know, obviously we've, uh, you know, we're, we're big boys. We grew up where you're at the point where you're formerly ridiculous, pretty, pretty, pretty good, you know, curb podcast guys. Um, are now like big important critics that get their hands on screeners. I mean, you know, that's what happens. You know, we we well, uh, we did ask for Curb, but but Curb doesn't even provide screeners. Uh, that's what we were told, and yeah. that, and that was apparent from following the coverage. Like you could yeah. tell, Larry like, David you know, doesn't give a shit. Like no, but also it's like you read the reviews, like you see Alan Seppenwall's thing yeah, and saying, "Oh, I've had access to the first five episodes." Then you read the AV Club, and you're like, well, "We've seen the first five episodes." Like okay, oh, they that's did. What yeah, a lot. A lot of them did. Oh, like, I thought Curb didn't do, didn't give screen. No, I'm talking about the rehearsal. The rehearsal. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. And I'm saying, and when you watch, and from Curb, like nobody was doing that. Nobody knew anything about the season, so yeah. which means that nobody saw it. So you could you could often tell from just like reading the like ser- the season preview uh, articles that these guys put out. Uh, you know who has seen what and what's going around. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we're uh, we're you know we're in the know now. So we're, anyway, so the context deal. is that we are going to be uh, podcasting for the next four weeks. Yeah, we're going to continue the series. Yes. I think uh, you know um, the conclusion was Alex now is much more interested in the shows. I think and and to be fair, as you said, it was directly from season episode two. So it's not like only now that you've seen even further ahead than the listeners that you're. you're no, it interested. wasn't even from episode two. It was 30 seconds, right, 30 seconds in. I texted you. And what did I say? You said 30 seconds in and I'm hooked. And then what did I say? Three minutes later, uh, double hooked or something. I said three minutes and 30 seconds. In. Yeah. Like, um, you know, so I, I was extremely, extremely positive about this episode and, and subsequent episodes also. Um, I just think like, as I said, like 30, 30 seconds in, like, you have no idea why these babies are being swapped or what's happening. It's like it's super like you crazy. Know, you know that Nathan Fielder's up to some of his usual shenanigans, right? It's but it's not exactly clear what's happening here. Like the stakes are clearly much higher than episode one. Again, these are <laughs> yes. live children that are being swapped through windows. Yes, you're seeing it, and like you, and you're like, I know this is shtick, and it's like not like, but at the same time, like, what could the shtick possibly be that explains what is happening on my television screen now that isn't like? Involve kidnapping or horrible things. Yeah, Jimmy McGill saw Goodman uh, Gene similar with his uh, l- long sticks that you know they're going somewhere, but you know. <laughs> yeah, you don't know quite exactly what he's what's going from on. the cold open. Yeah, it's a cold yeah. open that you're like, where is this? What is this? What show are we watching again? No, I see what they're doing there. Um, but at the same time, like my anxiety levels were through the roof. Um, swapping out babies. I mean, I, I think I've mentioned this on a podcast before. You can tell me. Like my, I have this like slight obsession slash fear with the idea of babies being mixed up. 
Um, I think we've discussed this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I argue that all identical twins have been mixed yes. up back and forth hundreds of times. So yeah. then there's no basis on which to know who is one and who is the other. Um, and possibly, and po- for, and possibly not even identical twins, like twins. Like, cause when they're babies, like they're basically identical because yeah. all babies are identical. And these are twins. Yeah. Um, have you seen once upon a time in America? Once upon a time in America. Yes. 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 Yeah. So I there's a classic a couple, scene. Uh, I call it, I think you did the last tissue over the year before. So mm. it's, uh, you yeah. Know, so there's a classic scene where the mobsters to get back at the New York city chief of police go into the nursery of the hospital where his wife, if I recall correctly, has just given birth to a boy after seven girls. Uh-huh. Right? I don't remember. And yeah. they intentionally mix up all the babies in the nursery. So that the police chief loses his, you know, long sought after son. And, you know, I saw that, you know, 20 years when I was a kid or whatever. And ever since then, I've constantly thought about like and worried about the fact that they could have. And as you just said, I'm sure it did happen many times over the course of history. Like until the 20th century, people had babies, you know, in their own home usually. And so it was less likely there. And then, you know, now obviously we have barcode scanning technology. But like for like the early to mid 20th century, I think this probably happened a lot at hospitals. Um, yeah, I, I, I fully agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they didn't, I mean, have any of the technology and, you know, systems that we have now to prevent it. I mean, now, like, every baby gets, like, a like metal detector strapped to its body to make sure we can't even leave, like, the section of the floor on the hospital. Like, forget about it. Yeah. So, yeah, just as soon as the episode starts, there's already, like, a level jump in terms of my interest, my excitement, and, and like, just, the, I feel like the level of the quality of the episode compared to episode one. And then three minutes in, you know, we meet this woman and we hear the story that she wants to have a kid. And, you know, she's going to go through this process, which is insane. But we're like, okay, so the cold open makes a little more sense now. And then she just casually drops the fact, quote, infant skulls absorb wireless radiation into their brains. (laughs) And that to me is level jump number two. Like, okay, like, you know, to to quote Bill Simmons, like this episode is now in the Tyson. So like. Anything, there's literally nothing that could have happened on this episode that, that would right. have been like, oh, nothing, that was- nothing is off limits at this yes, point. Exactly. Is any, just go in any direction, and you know, you, you've given us more than enough warning of where this might go. Um, yeah, it's like it's it's what's interesting about this episode is that with I would say that within a vacuum, I don't I don't think I enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed episode one like i found that to be more just like as a contained thing um more enjoyable but it like completely erased the fear i had from the first episode of you know what's this gonna be is this gonna be just like the same shit over and over again just with different people and they're like come in with a hard no of no no that that, that was just like a practice round now we're like doing the real show mm. yeah so, so- like, I don't, I don't much agree more hopeful take, for what's to come but yeah i don't agree, i don't agree with half of that take but fine okay, fair enough fine. yeah um it just like, you know, again, like going back to like this crazy thing she says, like, obviously, by agreeing to be on the show and go through this ridiculous charade in the first place, we know this person has to be a certain level of crazy, right? Yeah, it's a pretty crazy thing to do. I mean, it's like, and there's also just like something about, and it's like, there's like, there's always this with like, with Nathan Fielder, we had an episode one, we've had a Nathan for you, where it's just like, the the commitment to the bit is just like, so over the top that it just like makes it that... Like, how could this woman be going along with it and not realize that, like, there's something bigger going on here than just, like, your thing? I don't even know. I, 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 maybe I'm not articulating this well. But well, it's yeah, just commitment like, to the bit is a topic I think we're going to discuss more. Yeah, I mean, like, how many – they hired, what, 40 children <laughs> to do this? Because not yeah. only do they need one for each age, they need, like, four for yeah. each age because of the <laughs> child labor laws. Yeah, and then, like, the endless outfits. and I mean, the the budget for this television show – must be unbelievable. Like, I, I can't even try and guess the number because it's going to be, I, I don't even, like, it's, we thought episode one was, like, meticulous. Episode one is nothing compared to episode two. Yeah. Yeah. And, but to me, to me I guess that's also, like, the flip side of the show and where I still need to be sold on the premise of the show, um, which seems to be that, like, Nathan Fielder is arguing that, like, the trappings of the thing like are the thing and like that's what prepares you so that's like it was so important for the bar where you were going to have this conversation to be practicing it in a place that was just like meticulously like stone for stone exactly the same as the bar where it was going to be happening in real life and like i don't quite buy that premise yet um like to me like the rehearsing concept makes a lot of sense but like the rehearsing should be more focused on like what are we going to say and i know he's doing that too i I mean in episode two that's 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 all he's doing right like he's like we're having real live babies, you know, 
no, but like meaning like, like it was much less. I mean, not less. He's still obsessed with like sort of the the physical that character. the baby has to be wearing the same hat as the baby for two seconds. Like it's like okay, it's like it's a baby. It's fine. Like that's gonna break the seal that she's gonna realize it's not the same baby. Yeah, <laughs> like, see, this, she is knows. Very, this is very different. The last one, he just needed to practice a speech, and where he did it didn't really matter. He or she needs to experience being a mother of a child. And if the child looks different every four hours, it's going to throw you off. Well, so it's, already, it's, it's already looking different every four hours. He, but he's making it age. But, but well, no, it, it jumps. Yeah, it, it jumps every, you know, th- three years. But I'm saying but within on a di- within the daily basis, right? You want the child to look like the same child all day. You, you want to you, uh, see here. I think it's important that you make the scenario as realistic as possible. Right. Okay. I guess now, do, does does Nathan like do they need to be growing plants in the yard and all that stuff? Like, you know, maybe that's less relevant. Like, are you you're creating this woman's entire fantasy life when really should be focused on the one sole thing of having a kid. But she's saying these are the circumstances under which she would have a kid. So, right. Right. Yeah. Right. OK. Um. So, yeah. So they start talking about like, you know, what's her like dream? Like, what does she envision like, you know, this future life with a baby looking like? And, you know, she, of course, wishes, you know, that there would be, you know, uh, some sort of husband involved or, you know, some father figure in the baby's life. And she is always pictured living in a rural area, you know, far away from the radiation, uh, as you said before. So, you know, Nathan, you know, suggests this idea where they're going to relocate to this, like, I guess, is, is it like a farmhouse? I don't know. It's like, you know, one of those, like a cottage on, uh, you know, on a big farm land in Oregon. And they do this whole uh, adoption <laughs> ceremony where, they, you know, are we even supposed to believe that this is the mother of the child or this is an actor who's playing the fake adopt? I don't even know. Well, I mean, I yeah, I don't know, because he says to her, maybe you can elaborate on why you're not suited to be a mom. Right. I feel like that's a line he would say to an actor. Yeah, probably. But yeah, but th- th- I mean, that's obviously an LOL moment. Then he shows up with the champagne. I was I'm, I'm dying <laughs> at this point. Um, and, and then. You know, I, I, I don't know. It's, I mean, do you think it's the real life mother? Could be the real no, life probably mother. not. It's probably an actor. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I mean, this is like back to back LOLs to me. Um, it, it's just again, like I think that like her saying those crazy things to him is like cart. Blo- it's like a card to him that says, hey, she's being insane. You can be as insane as you want. And like no one can be more insane than Nathan. And so, yes. Yeah. 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 Like he challenge can- accepted. Yes, exactly. Um. And so, yeah. And then like we we and then like they start explaining that they're swapping the babies, as you said, because of Oregon labor laws. Again, like <laughs> the level of 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 detail here. But also, I mean, it's it is hilarious. Yeah. I mean, they probably should have found a state with less stringent labor laws to, to do the show, like rather than like, oh, she says Oregon, like, you know, well, she says Oregon, though. Yeah. You know, let's see which state has the least In Alabama, you can do whatever strict child <laughs> labor laws. Uh, that's not a thing you want in your search history, by the way. Massachusetts has the strictest. Yeah, okay, that's not a surprise. I- I'm go- it's I'm gonna go with Mississippi or Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Massachusetts. I-, I don't know. How do you grade strict? Like, I, you know, it's probably some subjectivity there. I I would assume. Yeah, I don't know. This is not a useful article. All right, yeah. we're not gonna spend a lot of time on this. All right, but yeah, then we uh, then we discuss um, whether you should put um, lavender on the soles of your feet. Yes, and so he uh, he needs to go to the the real mom to get clearance because this, I guess, wasn't in the original contract that they would put lavender yeah. on the feet. Um, and she's like, "Yeah, I don't care." Yeah, all right. So I mean, like, I've already given you my baby to like do as you please with, and this yeah. is the worst <laughs> you're going to come up with. Um, yeah. yeah, the baby. By the way, we've uh, we've named him Adam. That's mm. a very strong name. Adam. Adam. Yes. Okay, so we named the baby Adam, and um, unfortunately, Adam's not available at night uh, mm-hmm. exactly because of you know these ridiculous Oregon labor laws that don't let you you know force babies to work through that all hours of night. Um, so for nighttime, what we're gonna have is a robot baby, and this robot baby is gonna be programmed by some guy. Um, he I think he hires on Craigslist. And, you know, he assures him, you know, he's a pro at this. He's a, a night owl, he tells him. And what Nathan wants him to do is to, like, study the crying habits of a real baby or or, or is he observing? No, yeah, he's but, just watching. He's watching a baby monitor on a real baby. On a real baby. And just basically and anytime sim- that baby cries, he's supposed to make the same cry noise on the right. robot. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the, the only problem here is that the guy is not quite a night owl and he falls asleep each of the first two nights that he's supposed to do this. So, like, Angela is like. He had one job. 
So yeah. yeah. Her <laughs> life was, is fine. She's like sleeping like a baby um, or not like a baby, like like a robot baby she's sleeping. <laughs> yeah. The real baby would be like, would be crying. Uh, I never understood that expression. Stupid expression. Yeah. Um, All right. So let's jump to the next thing is, you know, there's this dating montage, which is. Yeah. It, it's a little reminiscent of the trivia answers montage in episode one. But there's just like endless hilarious lines to me like you know she says what scares you the most in life and the guy says well first of all it's eels like <laughs> <laughs> eels is a good answer yeah it just, eels are scary yeah but they don't scare me the most in life they're not in my top a thousand i don't think <laughs> how often are you coming into contact with, with eels with scary ones no i'm not but i don't no, also the, like i don't go in like the ocean pet. a lot there's the ones you can pet at like uh the aquariums but those are harmless which is why they're letting kids pet them no but no but it's the idea it's like combining a snake with swimming is very scary oh, I, no. I actually hear it uh, okay uh have you ever been out drinking 40 smoking weed yes mm, yes because we learn that angela uh had some times in her life before she accepted jesus where uh you know Things things were a little bit different for her. Yeah, well, I haven't accepted Jesus, so that's where we do, oh, disagree. Yes, that's your only disagreement with Angela. <laughs> yes, um, um, I'm keeping an open mind to Jesus, but I have not yet accepted him. Yeah. So, oh yeah. So, sh- sh- in order to go on dates, Nathan agrees to uh, break his self-described rules, and he will babysit the baby himself. <laughs> and of course, it is inevitable, but also very enjoyable that uh, Nathan falls for the baby. Then we see Nathan and the baby just staring at each other while sitting on the couch. Like it's it's it's, it's very cute, but you know it's very good. Um, yeah, yeah. Also, it's like there's also like an element of the like you had one job with her, where it's like, well, like I didn't notice to like, like no, this is no, this is what we're doing. Like we're doing an experiment here. Like, are you in the experiment or are you not in the experiment? Like, what's what are we doing? Yeah. Well, I mean that's gonna get complicated. Um. Okay. So now we meet the um the the best date that she has, which is with a gentleman named Robin. Yes, yes. Robert. Now, Robin is, is quite a character. And um, somebody tweeted out an article tonight that said, um, you know, I spoke to Robin about him. Here, here, this is from Vice. Here's the headline. The most fascinating guest on the rehearsal, comma, who crashed a Scion TC at 100 miles per hour, comma, did not enjoy his time on the show. And then the subhead. And so the, it sounds like here, oh, he's going to complain that he was portrayed negatively and that he's not that kind of a guy. And that sounds like where we're going with this article, right? Right, typical, you know, reality show, yeah. you know, real whatever. Right, they, they, you know, they shared look maybe out of context. I didn't say that. Yeah, not a racist. Exactly. I don't hate women. Now, here's where we got to give a special shout out to Gita Jackson. Gita Jackson, who wrote this article, because this is one of the most well written. Just like allowing them to, um, uh, who is it? There's a there's somebody who's a a well is it Isaac Chotner, I think a well known interviewer for the New Yorker, who his specialty is he just gives people the rope with which to hang themselves. Ronan Farrow? No, I think it's Isaac Chotner. Every time he has one, like it, it goes viral on the inter- uh, on Twitter, like, the, like uh-huh. oh, this is the all-time best one. He just did one with Alan Dershowitz. It's it's un- it's so funny because Dershowitz is like, I mean, it, it almost seems like he's not dealing with a full deck the way he's being played with and manipulated. But um, uh-huh. you know, I guess you expect a little more from Alan Dershowitz than you do from Robin Stone. But um, <laughs> if I may read from the article, please do. Robin Stone, the horny Scion TC crashing sign, seeing and Christ loving sort of paramour on the latest episode of the rehearsal. Felt like his appearance didn't show him in the best light, as you said. Um, Stone, who um, who has a moving company in the Portland, Oregon area, said that if there's something he'd like viewers of the rehearsal to know, it's that he doesn't smoke weed anymore. Okay, good for him. So um, here we go. Some basic facts about Stone are, comma, he says, this is all from Stone himself. Okay, Stone says that he's a strong believer in Christ, a belief that has only grown with the multiple vehicular accidents he's gotten into on top of crashing his scion tc at 100 miles per hour something he repeatedly references in the show <laughs> he also had a brush with death when he was involved in an atv accident i even saw the white light he said i was ascending going to heaven and god pulled me out so so far you're like okay this you know this sounds like you know the guy i know but you know he's being portrayed a little unfairly maybe hold on hold uh put your seatbelt on are you ready i got my seatbelt on let's go in the case of his scion tc he said that the circumstances of the crash actually began the day before He and his then-girlfriend were trying to quit alcohol, but he found out she was still drinking. Quote, so basically I said I was going to continue drinking too and being a lesser version of myself because that's exactly what she was doing. I ended up going to the liquor store early in the morning that day. Stone said he began drinking early that morning, believing that he wasn't going to be working that day. He was unexpectedly called in, and Stone said that the client began antagonizing him for laughing too much with his coworker. After having a heart-to-heart with his coworker where they smoked weed and drank gin, Stone was let go from the job. 
This is a very strange job he has where very strange he job. gets in a fight with a customer. His coworker says, hey, let's go smoke some weed and drink some gin. I'm sorry. I got to let you go. <laughs> um, Stone said that because the client was saying he would call the police, he panicked because he had a warrant out for his arrest at the time. Oh, sure he did. Who doesn't? <laughs> so uh, further quotes. These are all quotes. So I ended up just trying to go back to the house where I'm at with my girlfriend in Northeast Portland, and I'm driving pretty good most of the time. Then I got on Highway 26 approaching the zoo, and somebody was trying to gas on me. Stone, who said he likes street racing, will all- took them up on the chase. Okay? <laughs> Again, back to the quote. So I started to race him, weaving between lanes <laughs> and all that, because there were a lot of cars on the road. It was a pretty prime time of day. I ended up losing control at 100, going back and forth, trying to correct his own fishtailing, then just completely lose it and smack into the sidewalk. Although he was under the influence of alcohol and marijuana and was also street racing at the time of the crash, he believes the true culprit was the faulty mechanics of the car itself. (laughs) (laughs) They set him up. Yeah. In retrospect, I had gotten a new Scion TC and I was trying to sell the one that I crashed, but then I had an alternator problem with the other one and I didn't get it fixed. And I completely forgot that my front right tire tie rod was bad, which controls steering. Okay, so he was not portrayed fairly vis-a-vis the Scion TC. Got it? <laughs> I got it. What okay. else? Stone said there were things he said during his time at the show that he wished he'd gotten more airtime. Quote, I know I talked a lot more ab- about Jesus than what they showed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did not show that he liked Jesus. I didn't know that. <laughs> did, did they, did they um, not show him being obsessed with numbers enough? Yeah, Stone said that he and Angela still talk. Quote, we feel that we're meant to be together. Although there are complications keeping them from being together, he says. What do you think um, those complications are? Probably his uh, refusal to commit to take care of the fake baby. Yes. Um, yeah. So, of course, then they talk about how he leaves for the night. And then he says the real problem was there was tension between himself and Fielder when he got into a fight with his roommate saying, quote, he was literally about to beat that ass. <laughs> he was, he, he was going to beat his roommate's ass. And then Robin says Fielder was upset because he probably didn't want people to see that. Yeah, I'm not sure about that because uh, he has full editorial co- uh, rights over the show and he put that in. I don't think that was a uh, mistake, uh, Mr. Robin. So, yeah, not so bright here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and then uh, he says he he wouldn't have done or said anything differently on the show, of course, because that's what they always say. Even his comment to Fielder about wanting to sleep with Angela, even though she is celibate which he acknowledged came across as crass was something he justified. I could just tell. I mean, I'm very good with women. I could just tell she was into it. He says he's very attractive in the show. So that's even why I said that. He's like, I don't understand. What's the problem? I'm very attractive. Yeah, that's that's the end of the article. I mean, Gita, a standing ovation. for. uh... So do you think he's going to claim now that he was misrepresented in this article (laughs) and that come out with, like, you know, his own thing where he comes off even worse? Yeah. I mean, uh, yes, as you said, I don't understand because I'm a very attractive person. I mean, this guy is uh, – we, okay, we need to talk about something else. This guy's dream is to play in the NBA, right? <laughs> now, she's 44, and she's worried about a 10-year age difference. If this age difference is anything less than 25 years, then this guy, Robin, might even be more delusional than she is. Yeah. Like, I've seen um, all five episodes. There's a lot of crazy shit in the show. I would say – that Robin thinking he can make the NBA is the craziest thing that happens on this show. Yeah, it's funny. I was um, I did some on campus recruiting today at uh, a, a local law school for my law firm, nice and um, I was uh, one of the people. One of the people I like asked him like, "Oh, you know, like how did you decide you want to go to law school, or whatever?" And he's like, "Well, he's like, well, you know, ever since I was like young, like I had two dreams. Like one was to play in the NHL, and um." You know, the other was to be a lawyer. So, like, you know, once the first thing didn't pan out, you know, I decided to do the second. I was like, oh, ha, 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 like, whatever. And then, like, I continued to ask him about his background. And he was like, he's like, yeah, well, you know, I went to, I traveled to that country because, like, you know, I wanted to, like, get abroad. And, like, also, like, you know, I had an opportunity to pr- play, like, professional ice hockey there. I was like, oh, you weren't kidding. Like, you, like, really played hockey. <laughs> yeah, he's not a rabbit. Right. No, he was like, he wasn't joking. Like, he, like, didn't make that HL, but, like, yeah. he, like, could be, maybe he could have. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, I, I've interviewed, I mean, I've interviewed a few pe- uh, people who, you know, play professional sports, but I interviewed one guy who was, like, uh, five foot seven redhead, 200 pounds, and he was talking about how he played AAA for the Yankees. And I'm like, yeah, there's no way that's the case. Then I looked it up, and no, he was a AAA shortstop for the Yankees. Well, yeah, I mean, it'd be a weird thing to make up. It's very easily verifiable. Yeah, but he's just it's a crazy thing to lie about. 
Yeah, but he really did not give off. He did not give off. That's awesome. He would play triple A shortstop. He was triple A. Triple A is very good. And you know? there's a shortstop, so he's yeah. amazing. No, I think if I to be to be accurate, he was in the Yankee system in, in single A. I think he was triple A for the Rockies. Oh, oh okay. So he's not a true Yankee. I got <laughs> so I, I got to check. I think I think he was traded and he ended up playing triple. His highest level it was triple A was. Uh, I think for a different team, but I have to. Triple A is very close. Yeah, very whatever. Close. Anyways, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, as mentioned in the article, we do we meet Robin's roommate. Um, you know, when um, when Nathan goes back with him to help him pack for the night as he's joining the rehearsal. Ah, does your roommate believe in Jesus, or is your roommate a demon? Um, uh, my my roommate does not believe in Jesus. Yeah, so she must be a demon. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to make fun of like the numerology stuff, and I mean, I'm sure we can. Oh, but we like, can. We should. But we also should not have anyone Google the term gematria. Because <laughs> um, there's yeah, but, who believe in the same bullshit also. Well, right. I mean, I would say that, like, within orthodoxy, people who, you know, like to tell, like, cute, like, thoughts using gematria is one thing. People who, like, would actually base their life around it would be mostly ridiculed by mainstream orthodoxy. So, like... I don't even think uh, yeah, maybe not based your whole life, but uh, you know, there's a that's what this guy's of... doing. He's like, oh, yeah. I'm gonna marry this woman because like she has like 88 on her license plate and 88 yeah, but he's is some important number. He's just seeing what he wants to see to justify the actions he wants to have, right? <laughs> I like, guess. I mean, who the hell knows? We know who this guy is. Like, do, do you use condoms? <laughs> uh, not really. You know, like. And I love that he was like, he's like, I'm definitely not having sex with you. And he likes, like, so you think you're, he's like, well, yeah, you know, I think, you know, maybe, yeah. you know, once, you know, once I get back there, like, he's like, still, like, he, he hasn't been, uh, he hasn't heard the message at all. Yeah. Nathan's like, don't you need a license plate to drive? And Robin's <laughs> like, no. What well, define about? define need. You don't yeah. need one to drive. You, you need to, you need to drink, uh, drink some <laughs> gin, smoke some weed, um, and then start speed, uh, you know, drag racing guys in the middle of traffic in the middle of the day. Um, but you, I mean, you don't need a license, but of course, um, yeah, but like the, the roommate and him, I actually think that we should have gotten more clips from that. Like I wanted to see even more of that fight, honestly. Yeah. That would have been interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, but I do love when the roommates, like maybe you should focus less on numbers and like, you know, what actually was happening in your life, but Robin's like, how dare you? <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm just telling you of, uh, the truth, this demon does not like the truth. <laughs> So yeah, every every single thing from the moment that Nathan escorts Robin back to his house and back is just like five stars all the way through, like perfect television. <laughs> um, it's very good. It's very good. The Nathan and by the way, Robin. They show the poor said. mom. Like you know, I don't want you know. I'm I'm not besmirching Nathan's adherence to child labor laws, but I feel like he's a little bit selective in the clips that he's showing these other moms when he's like, uh, "Can this guy participate?" <laughs> I would, yeah, I would assume. Um, yeah, I, it's it, it wasn't clear like to me how what requires change, what what requires like further consent. Like, it could it be that any guy was approved, and it was only when he specifically uh, wants to become involved that requires the consent. I don't know. Well, it's before he's going to interact with the child. So any new person that's going to interact with a child, they they need to he needs to get consent again from everybody. Oh, I don't know any, but I mean, this guy certainly you need consent. <laughs> this guy you need consent for. Yeah, but let's talk about something for a second, which is, you know, this show, obviously, it's true about like Survivor, a show that you and I have talked about a little bit before, but like even more so here, there are literally endless cameras 24-7 recording everything. The editing of this show is probably the most challenging step, I would think. And that's taking into account like the level of insane detail they go into to recreate like circumstances. Like, they have so much footage to go through, right? And it's interesting to me, like, how they choose what they choose. And for sure, they're portraying characters in a certain light. Um, you know, from Robin, we just heard very clearly that they are not portraying him in an unfair or negative light at all. They actually uh, shielded a lot of those things about him. But, um, you know, it is something I just think that we should keep an eye on it as the season progresses and think about, like, you know, what we're seeing and why we're seeing it. And also, like, these the, the people on the show have the awareness also that there's cameras at all times, right? Although I guess at a certain point you get comfortable with them and forget about them. Right. Um, yeah, and you're right. There's always an element to which characters on the show like this um, might be playing to the cameras. Um, and, you know, there's, you know, there's really no way to know that for sure sometimes. I mean, you know, you could sometimes see it. Sometimes you, you, you think you see it. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, but the re level, it's reality for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. But like I would and I don't know this for a fact, but I would assume that Nathan, for you, the most of the people on the show, on the episodes probably weren't filmed for more than, you know, a, a full day or two or three at the most. 
here where it's day after day, week after week, again, like Survivor, I think you just you forget the cameras are there at a certain point, sometimes to your right. detriment, perhaps. Yeah. 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 No, that's probably right. Yeah. I hear that. Um, yeah. So yeah. things don't go don't go great with Robin. Um, he basically bails after the, you know, the second middle of the night wake up, which frankly, I, I would have done if I could get away with it. Um, yeah. But I was um, pretty I was pretty locked in at that point. But we, we do get more time with the uh, with the uh, night guard who tells us that the government has Sasquatch liaisons. <laughs> do that. I forgot, I, I forgot yeah, that. And, line. and I'm, I'm just telling you right now. Um, this guy's my comeback guy. Because oh, okay. <laughs> I love him. He's amazing. He's hilarious. Um, but like at this point in the episode, I'm reading my notes and I write here, uh, Robin is the fucking asshole. Like this woman might be a kook, but she's super sincere about what she's doing here. And this guy is just trying to take advantage. Um, and, and so that's my feeling right now. Like, you know, I'm on team Angela and I'm, I'm not, I'm not a fan of Robin at all. And by the way, Robin, again, trying to defend himself or justify himself. Right. He, uh, in that article, he explains why he bailed. Right. And he says that it was not what he thought it was going to be, right? Of course. But does he explain what he thought it would be? Because I'm actually interested if he has some. Is there something there? Yeah. Well, um, hold on. I got because it. I completely agree that so, that someone bailing on this because this is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I have absolutely no problem with even if someone understood what it was and they agreed. And you know what? This is stupid. Yeah. This is what he says. The way they describe the way that he, meaning Nathan, described it to me was it was going to be connected to a real baby. Whenever the real baby did, the robot baby would do. That's exactly what it is, you idiot. Like, <laughs> how is that a complaint? You're literally complaining. Like you're describing a complaint. Yeah, so exactly. I'm saying, yeah, I'm not a huge Robin fan here. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, then, kind of, it's, but it's like also like you're waking up in the middle of the night to take care of a f- fake baby. Like, yeah, that's idiotic. Those are the terms of the idiotic reality. I understand, but I, to go I could see someone like, agreeing uh, to you're that. You're living in the middle of the wilderness and playing games with 19 strangers. Like, yeah, no, that's well, survival. No, no, no. I, I think very different. I think somebody could agree to that. And then when they're standing there in the middle of the night trying to put a fake baby back to sleep, think to themselves, this is moronic. What am I doing? I'm quitting this. This is very stupid. Yeah, well, you're trying to get your 15 minutes. You're trying to get on TV. Okay, you're, you're and then trying you to like this is idiotic. Like it's it's a fake baby. I'm trying to put. It, it's not gonna go back to sleep. It's a it's a it's a robot. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, and then um, of course Nathan. Wait, so how does it work? So it's like if it's following the other baby, so the, your baby will only stop crying if the original baby stops crying because that makes no sense. Well, it, yeah, you actually have no incentive to get out of bed and rock it because right. <laughs> it's it'll, irrelevant. It'll stop when the real baby's parents rock it. Right, and you won't learn how to actually take care of a baby because you'll be like, you know, if you're like doing the right thing and like cradling it for two hours, but the other, the real parent is ignoring their baby. Because they're drinking gin and smoking weed. Whatever, right. Then you're going to be sitting there being like, oh, this doesn't work. And then you're going to start shaking the baby. And that certainly doesn't work. But meaning like you're not, you're not getting any, um, what's the word? Like positive or negative reinforcement. Because like no correlation, there's no correlation between what you're doing and what happens. No, I agree with you. Um, That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Um, Big flaw. So that's our number one question for Nathan, for you, uh, for Nathan Fielder. (laughs) What happened uh, once they started rocking the fake baby? And like, at what point is the fake baby not perfectly mimicking the real baby? Because I think that has to be the case otherwise. But then how do they determine how are you rocking it appropriately? And by the way, there's no like right way to rock a baby. Sometimes a baby will just be an asshole and just cry no matter what you do. So. Well, the point is, I think, with a baby in a different way of framing is that it's like every baby is different and you need to figure yes. out what what this baby is going to respond to, even... which even more so yeah. makes it that like the lesson here is not being learned at all because like you're just doing whatever and then, you know, unrelated, a baby will stop crying. Like rather yeah. than you having to figure out what's going to make this baby is stop crying. Is the baby crying. on the monitor one of the babies from during the day? Or is it a different baby altogether? Oh, that's a good question. We need to go further into baby. <laughs> the very baby that was here earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Because no, because you're also rocking it and soothing it during the day, and as you said, some babies react differently to other things. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. So yeah. So Nathan has to go back to his fake bar to uh, commiserate, and I just I laughed really, really hard. Like, because you know, it wasn't clear are we going to get any references to episode one at all, and the answer is yeah, the bar is with us in art. <laughs> so Butch is right. Every episode will be the bar. Yes. Um. Yeah. It's the opposite. It's the opposite of uh, what George's advice. Uh, when he goes out when he's at the door at the tonight show is that where it was where he's like you should do more episodes outside the bar on cheers yeah yeah they are more all the episodes should be in the bar of the rehearsal 
Um, yeah, I mean, this episode to me just so much better than the previous one. We also we episode at two ends on a cliffhanger, which, you know, immediately feels like, you know, you have this desire to see episode three. That's not a feeling I had ever at all after episode one. And even if you liked right. episode one a lot more like you did, I don't think like there was any sort of cliffhanger like the, the story had sort of come to a conclusion. Right. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. And, um, you know, that's kind of what I said near the top is that uh, within a vacuum, I enjoyed episode one more. Part of that was probably because it was like a complete story and just like the whole format was like completely crazy and zany. But I felt I left that episode feeling like I don't really know what this show is going to be. I, you know, I like that episode. I don't know where this is going. This episode I was into. I liked. I didn't like enjoy it as an episode as much as episode one, but I left it thinking, okay, this, I'm completely in for this show. This show is going to be awesome and just like going crazy places. And I'm here to be along for the ride. Well, I don't know how official any of these rankings really are. So I'm just going to go a, uh, a notch down on the episode rating to a pretty, pretty, pretty good uh, three and a half. Um, and that's just like on the episode. But I, I feel very I feel a lot better about the show and the series than I did one week ago. Yeah. So I'm uh, the opposite of you. I think this episode was pretty, 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 pretty good. That's four and a half pretties. This was great. Had me hooked. I was laughing. A great cliffhanger. I am all in. I am as in as you can be. And I'm very excited to see the next episode. All right. Very cool. Oh, come on. Be a come with guy. Uh, who was your uh, come with guy or gal? Um, my come with guy is the roommate. Um, he's spot on. Don't base your life around stupid numbers. Um, you know, believe whatever you want about the origins of the universe and who's in control. Um, you know, that's a personal thing. Um, you shouldn't be harassed by your crazy roommate for not accepting his uh, his beliefs. And, um, you know, the roommate's just an all-around swell guy, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I like the roommate also. He's, uh, he's I like him a lot. I um, As I said before, the Night Owl with the uh, Sasquatch conspiracies. That guy looks like a, a fun hang as well. But really, I'm going to say that the come with gals are all the moms who are okay with naked using their babies. Because <laughs> thank you for being um, mothers who make interesting choices, I'll say, and um, for the sake of science or whatever this is. <laughs> so uh, good job, moms. You're a fucking asshole. That's what you are. Uh, I'm not sure there's a lot of drama here unless you're zagging, <laughs> but who's the fucking asshole? No, I mean, it has to be Robin. There's no way around it. He's yeah. a humongous, humongous fucking asshole. I mean, that article turd. really clenched it, I think. I don't even need the article. I mean, yeah. he's like one of the worst people we've seen. He's just like, <laughs> or at least whatever, the way he's shown. He's shown to be this like humongous turd. Yeah. Um, I mean, here's the question, though, because we have a title belt. And <laughs> I see me bigger than Janice. He, he's a fucking asshole, but like Eileen Salataroff. Eileen, that's so, right. I, I, call, says, I still call her Janice. You call her Janice. Yeah, Janice is better. She says LOL after jokes. <laughs> yeah. Um, LOL. Yeah. <laughs> Chan Lubbock. All right. Um, this is not a Friends podcast. Um, Should we do a Friends podcast next? Not <laughs> not enough episodes. Yeah. Um, what Are we turning to the postman now? What, what's next? Um, yeah, let's do the postman. Mm. Okay. Um, postman! Postman, um, come here! here Tell okay. the neighborhood! What right, a shanda, Larry! Uh, uh, Larry uh, David! Uh, 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 you, you're a lousy dude! But you're a lousy human being! He screws the wife of a man in a wheelchair! A shanda! Maybe you should have given me some candy! You're a lousy Jew! We actually have what I think might be our first. Um, have we ever gotten a voice postman before i'm not sure yes but our our friend our aforementioned friend akiva did send us one two friend? i, I two say more friends. of a colleague more than friend colleague okay, for you yes. um oh by the way he akiva also asked what jersey number do we think that robin is going to be in the NBA? <laughs> and i think the answer is is six, it's 69 clearly he asked for 420 he's told that's not an acceptable number <laughs> and then he chooses 69. oh 420 on a jersey is great stick yeah now 69 actually um dennis rodman when he signed that contract with the mavericks in 2003 or 2002 whatever it was he um he wrote in his contract that he was contractually he had the right to wear number 69 and cuban said yeah because he didn't care uh, or he probably thought it was funny and david stern put the kibosh on that no more 69s allowed in the NBA, at least in the David Stern era. I don't know. Maybe really. Maybe Adam maybe. Silver brought it back. Yes. Bring back 69s. <laughs> we'll be putting 69 on jerseys again. Yes. And we'll be saying Merry Christmas again. Make the NBA nice again. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, let's hear from Keeve. Mm. Hey, guys. Keeve, a couple comments about the episode. 
So I was wondering what you think about, it seems like almost Seinfeld-like where there was a pilot episode and then nothing for a year. So he's saying he seems like that. Oh, okay. Um, okay, that's I agree. It does seem like there's clearly a large gap because it, like, it does feel like I, I agree with his take that he made the first one. He showed this to HBO as a concept. They liked they liked it. And then he said, OK, now I'm going to go do like that on a bigger canvas. I'm just surprised that Nathan Fielder has to go like the pilot route with HBO. Well, I mean, this he, he's behind. It's not just that he made Nathan for you which was a successful show on another network, but he's also the, he's also the guy behind how to with John Wilson along with John Wilson. Right. And so yeah. he has a lot of credibility with HBO. So probably, I don't think, but he's probably also asking for a lot of money to do this. <laughs> yeah. Um, for sure. As we said, the budget's astronomical. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure this is a verifiable piece of information. And maybe if we do yeah. talk to someone from the show, we can, we'll get an answer to that. I don't know if we try to, but um, yeah, we but can I can try. I, yeah. It's not clear to me how many people from the show there are, yeah, it's sort of like um, Sasha Baron Cohen. He runs a, a, t- a tight ship. Yeah. And all, right. Well, I was actually going to say earlier, I'm surprised that Robin was giving such an extensive interview and that he is not subject to a confidentiality agreement. Well, I mean, uh, uh, you know, again, I think he hung himself with enough rope. Like, there, there's nothing in that interview that Nathan Fielder's not. Uh, Nathan Fielder probably should be hyping that article. So you're a, saying he he's in breach of his confidentiality agreement. They just don't care. I don't know the details of the confidentiality agreement. Uh, I'm sure but, you don't. But meaning yes. last week we had um, what sure. was her name? No, Chris, but she she also Chris. yeah. So she she's a little bit more of a conscientious person probably than he is because right. everyone on earth is. Right, but yeah. okay. Right. Yeah. No, she, so she, but she specifically says that they are that they did sign NDAs. Which oh no, I'm sure he signed an NDA. I'm just you know what he's allowed to say, not allowed to say. I don't know. Right. But um, all right. Should we go back to Akiva's uh, voice note? Yes, we should. Somewhat of a tone switch. I mean, the show is still the same, but they move, you know, to Oregon. And uh, even the, if you watch, there was like a writer's room now, which they didn't have in the first episode. And some of the executive producers like are different. Mm. So and it's pretty Akiva clearly like Nathan, I think, credits. even is like a year older. Like, I think they filmed. Yeah, Keith did his background search here. Yeah. No, the, the, he says Nathan's a year older. I mean, it just takes a long time to, to like build and plan all this stuff and, you know, for the next rehearsal like go find the house in Oregon I mean hire tons of kids like like each each one is sequential like he's obviously yeah he can't you know you know I don't know maybe he can do multiple rehearsals at one time we'll see I don't know if that's possible but yeah the pilot got it you know uh, rubber stamped and then you know moved out to Oregon or whatever you know six months a year later so I was wondering what what else you guys noticed about like you know this is clearly almost like uh not a new show, but but things have, have greatly changed. A couple other things. Uh, what do you guys think about this potentially being a season-long arc? Do you think, like, we're still going to be dealing with this for the rest of, I assume it's going to be four more episodes? Like, uh, you know, uh, th- is Nathan basically going to, gonna uh, is this woman going to stick around for four weeks? Is he going to do other stuff? So, uh, I mean, so this is probably something that we shouldn't uh, address because we know the answer to this. Yeah, but but I mean, clearly at the end of this episode, it's a cliffhanger. Right, and, so there's a, at least one more episode where this is a storyline. I think that's yes, clear. Uh, that's yeah, something is happening with with this baby in this house in Oregon, you know, probably next week, it seems like. Yeah. Uh, and then my other question is, um, wh- like, what do you think? So, first of all, the guy, they're like, hey, there's all these cameras around. Do you think they're risking, like, not having him sign a waiver beforehand? It seems impossible. Yeah, right? I think he's. I think I, he signs. I, I, I don't know. Some of this is like. I don't think anyone gets let on set if they haven't signed. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Everyone has to be in on it a little bit. I, I don't think he's in on the show. Like the joke is on him, but that confused me a little bit. Um. Yeah. Just curious what you guys have to say. Yeah. So I mean, I, and also just another oh, random comment. Um. So like on his last point, like you know. The person, the idea of the person being in on it is like obviously yes, on some level, like in these types of contexts, the person is always in on it to an extent. I mean, like that's what they say is like part of like when you go to like see a hypnotist, like whether the person consciously or not who's being quote hypnotized on stage, like the fact that they're on stage and performing and like they want to go along with it and like make it a good show, yeah, is part of what's happening. But and, and the, but, but and the best hypnotists before, are the yeah. But when you're a hip, when you're being hypnotized, you're on stage for five minutes. Everybody sees the whole thing. Also here, you're yeah. filmed for a much longer period of time. For and sure, you see a, por- a proper portion. For sure. Um, but there's there's a part of your brain that is just that is going along with it because, you know, this is for TV. Yeah. And you want it to be you want to be part of something cool that's going to be on TV. Yeah. But it's also Nathan does such a good job of it being so unpredictable. And it's impossible for these people to know what's going to happen next because Nathan's just I mean, he has like this mind like no one else. 
And so I think that keeps them on their toes, even like they think they're on a TV show, but they have no idea what kind of TV show they're on. Right. Right. One of the beauties of the show, which I think like Sasha Baron Cohen ran into, uh, it, you know, in a, in a, he was in a tougher spot. A lot of the like people who are making the show are also, you know, former SPC guys. Is that once Borat got too famous and Bruno got too famous and obviously Ali G, like he, that was it. I think the types of people, especially if he sticks to like the Pacific Northwest and the freaks who don't have TV, like it's not like the show is super famous. I think he could do this if you want it for like 10 seasons. Like I don't think anybody's probably true. There's not even a bit. You know what I mean? Like I don't think anybody's going to come on for publicity. I think he could keep getting these freaks. Yeah. I say that lovingly. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, that could be, these people, even if they watched the show, they would still be on the next episode because they wouldn't really understand what it was. Well, but, like, that's the part, you know, that we talked in, like, the run-up to doing this podcast and also last week. Like, that makes me a little uncomfortable because the idea of, of this very rich, famous, successful TV star, Nathan Fielder, taking advantage of, like, random schmoes for his own enrichment and our entertainment, like, makes me a little bit uncomfortable. Um, I do not feel that way about Angela or Robin. For sure, or Sasquatch, <laughs> or, or anybody on this episode, honestly. So just, so just Core. <laughs> well, or so Trisha. Let, let's go back to Core and Trisha for a second. Um, over, um, it, I don't know if this counts as the Postman, but somebody shared us the link of Core was on Cash Cab, uh, a TV oh, trivia right, show right, yeah, a few years ago. Yeah, I did many I years did. ago. He looks much younger there, and yeah. um, you know, spoiler alert, Core at least back then, was terrible at trivia. <laughs> well, as far as we know, he's still terrible at trivia. The only questions we saw him get right yeah, were the ones the that ones Nathan Keaton yeah. gave to him. He never. He's a, he said he claimed his specialty was TV, but he never heard of Nathan for you. Yeah. I mean, I feel like most people I meet have never heard of Nathan for you. But not someone who says, like, my big thing is that I'm an expert on television. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, hanging out, I'm hanging out with, like, friends in the neighborhood, and everybody's like, oh, like, um, what's everybody watching? What's a great show to watch? And then I mentioned the rehearsal and everybody stares at me like I have three heads. So, you know, like, it, OK, in, in small little bubbles that you and I cohabit, like not cohabit, but well, some of them we cohabit, I guess. Like, it's very popular and well known. But like, what's the total number of people in this country who are watching the rehearsal or have even heard of it? It's less than one percent. It's like right? seventeen hundred people. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's much more than that. But you know, <laughs> Do- Dr. Gary Sinetsky has not heard of the rehearsal. That <laughs> I guarantee not. you. Certainly not. Yeah. My father actually said to me, it was a strange comment. He says, um, because I love you so much, I've decided I'm going to watch all of Kirby Enthusiasm. Okay. So you, you, you want to do a podcast with him? <laughs> I give you my blessing. I will listen well, to every episode. I already told you that he said he said that um, he respects Seinfeld more, but but Friends is a better, is funnier. So I don't know if, if I don't know what his curb takes are going to be. Yeah, but, that's not a good take. Yeah. All right. So um, are we done with the audio? And by the way, anyone else should feel free to send us. Oh, we have had audio um, postman messages before. Olin Allen has sent us. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because we've heard his delightful accent. Um, yes. So. All right. But should we go to the, the written form of the postman? Yes. Yes, we shall. Yes. Let me pull that up. But again, a, um, yes, if anybody wants to send us a voice note, a uh, a, a video note, a, although people won't really be able to see that, you probably a, a written note, however they want to do it, let us know. You could send us something in the mail, but it might not come in time, and then the we'll read it next week. That's yes. fine, yeah. Who cares? Okay. Um, for all you know with this show, like the, if, you, if it comes next week, it might be more applicable to, you know, who knows what it's going to be by then. Um, all right. Michael Beveridge writes... Come with guy is all the parents who volunteered their children. Normally, oh. letting your child be a part of something like this would make you a terrible parent. But relative to everyone else in the episode, they seemed outright reasonable. Yeah. Honorable mention to God for guiding the whole production. Of course. Yes. <laughs> That's true. That was a great line when she was when she was like praying that like, um, I hope they you know they think they're in control, but we we realize that you're really you know conducting this experience. Yeah, honoratsum behemratsum. You know, like <laughs> I'm on her side here. <laughs> Yeah, um, I once I once made a CM on something in the last few years I, when I was doing Dafiomi for a little bit, and I skipped that whole paragraph because it's so obnoxious. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to say this. It's horrible. It's so <laughs> mean. It's so idiotic. So I'm just like, yeah. I'm not saying it. Yeah. How many of you Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, fucking asshole is Robin in a landslide. So bad his own brother was tweeting about the episode and calling him a dangerous psycho. Oh, oh I didn't see that. Oh, oh that's interesting information. Oh, uh, uh, Mr. Beverage, drop us some links in your um in your Let's see if I can find it. So yeah, Robin's brother. By the way, uh, after reading that article on Vice, I feel like Robin's brother is probably correct. Um, okay, so this is from light skinned yeah oh, dynamite is is the tw- is the tweeter's name, and it says for anyone who still had any doubt that my brother is a dangerous psycho, 
please watch season one, episode two of the rehearsal and see for yourself. But then, and then there's an emoji that looks, so I, I don't know, is this guy serious? Is he not serious? Is he both? Is he, you know, is it, is it actually dangerous or is it, is it funny? Because from what, from what he said in the article, in the article, he sounds extremely dangerous. You know, he could have killed others and it's, you know, it's actually quite horrifying. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> all the responses to the <laughs> they're all just referencing the show like obviously yeah. they're, 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 they're screen grabbing like when 77 people had liked his tweet and, you know, <laughs> right, right yes to the 22 and the 22 for the july 22nd 2022 yeah <laughs> great stuff yeah um but yeah i mean i mean all jokes aside like if this guy's actually getting drunk and high and and, and, spe- and you know speed racing people during traffic like there's probably going to be a a terrible outcome eventually so oh, somebody asked him i just want to clarify something can you let us know how old he is i'm trying to determine precisely how hilarious it is that he still has aspirations of playing the nba and his brother respond well his, the guy who claims to be his brother responds he's 30 yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that's the craziest thing that happens on this show and there's a 14 year age gap for what it's worth all right, so <laughs> so that was somebody circled that the tweet was twenty two hours ago. Yes, of course. <laughs> yep. All right, uh, let's, can we get back to Michael Beverage's message? We can, we can. Uh, the rating, he says, I thought episode one was funnier, but would still give this episode four out of five, which is crazy because the number four symbolizes stability and support. Wait, that's so. So you gave three and a half, and I gave four and a half, and those average four, and then Michael gave four. So far, and that's two fours, forty four. On that's crazy. Wow. Well, that's because the number four symbolizes stability and support. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Wow, my mind is blown. Jesus, Jesus behind it all. And Chester, don't worry about podcasting and shitting on something you expect the listeners to like. I've gotten through every episode of the Browns preview each year, and I'm still here. Mm. Okay, fair. Well, that's more the Browns. <laughs> I got, fault. I got, yeah, and I got news for Michael. Uh, this year, the Browns preview episode is not going to be great. <laughs> um, sorry. All right, we go on to Jim Crumley, who says, I am tr- I'm having trouble connecting with the rehearsal, and it's partially because I can't tell what it is supposed to be. Zion was interesting, but it felt even more staged in the first episode. It feels like Nathan Fielder always plans to step into the show and be the co-parent. I see that Robin is a real person, but was it a setup? Did the show lead him in being sure that he wouldn't be able to handle co-parenting with Angela? I'm still interested in finding out where this is going, but I found the ride less enjoyable this time. So I certainly don't disagree with Jim that Nathan might have come up with this whole scheme of somebody's going to learn how to raise a kid because he wanted to do that himself. That is definitely possible. Mm-hmm. But he's still reacting to what happens. Right. So whether Nathan is faking it or not faking it, like he's interested in the kid or not interested in the kid, you know, I don't know. But like, um, like. She she she's a real person, and 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 Robin's a real person. Angela's a real person, and I don't think how it, that part is devalued by Nathan sort of orchestrating things. Right. Um. Yeah. It's hard to say. I mean, I, I guess you could say like, did he push a specifically, you know, terrible person who was you know clearly going to blow up and fail, so that way he can swoop in. Well. Um, or- I mean, Robin's failed. Angela hasn't failed. Angela seems to be succeeding right now. No, meaning did he did he push Robin as the potential? Oh, as the uh, date guy, so that oh. way, when inevitably that didn't work, oh. then he could you know make his move. I mean, it seemed to be Angela's choice, and Robin, who is a very reliable narrator, he says that him and Angela are still vibing and they want to get together. So yeah, yeah maybe they'll have a real baby. Yeah, let's get some quotes from Angela. Now, that's probably under more of an NDA. That's uh, probably going to be more strictly enforced, I would guess. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Um. Come with guy is Robin's roommate. He's the person who came off the best in this episode. Mm, Plus, yeah. I'm sorry that he has to go back to living with Robin and not being paid to do it. Yeah, not great. Yeah. Uh, the fucking assholes, the parents who put their kids on this oh, show. Plot twist, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> they want lavender oil lady and Zion baby, crashing boy, carry, carry for the kids. What the hell? Yeah. So we talked about this. I'm curious to know what information they were given about Robin before they signed off. Yeah. Although to be fair, Robin actually was not around a live baby, right? Because Robin Robin sees the baby for a minute, she brings him out during the day, but overnight it's just a robot. So Yeah. But I want yeah, but I wonder what they knew about Robin. Like for example, I'm sure they do background checks, criminal checks, things like that. So if he had a warrant out, like I feel like that's information that the show had. And having that person be with your child. So actually now Jim's making me think like perhaps the show knew that Robin was never going to be allowed to be near the kids. Could be. Could yeah. be. 
or maybe just not unsupervised. It can be there if other people are there. I don't, I don't know the answer to yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Oh, and he gives it a three, three out of five pretties. Okay. And finally, we go to Zach Brooks, who says, I think episode one was a bit more insane, but this one oh, seems to lay disagree. out what the show will be this season, like Bizarro Boyhood. Oh, we should add that to the, oh, that's a good point. To the movie club. Um, to it'll the movie be interesting. Yeah. To the movie club. We have where we, we made last week a list of movies that are, uh, that we're relating to the show. I actually thought of another one. We didn't oh, mention we did? Sl- oh, Slumdog. Yeah, Slumdog Millionaire would all, could also be on the list because of the whole, like, each trivia question was like something that happened to him. Yeah. Okay, so what do we have? We have Boyhood, we have Slumdog. What else? Um, we talked about, um, that, um, Charlie Kaufman movie, uh, Synecdoche, New York. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not going to see that one. Yeah, you shouldn't see that. Um, and then we talked about the push, which is not a movie, but it's yeah. kind of a similar experiment in certain ways. Yeah, I think I think I mentioned this uh, to on some podcast or something. But Jen and I got into one of the biggest fights of our lives after um, we saw Slumdog Billionaire. Oh, really? And it was so stupid because I. Said, oh, I think you told me like because it was like I'm, about the movie or something. Yeah, like we came out of the movie and she, and she asked me something, I asked her something, and, and I disagree with her, and she got so mad at me, and I was like, I was like, we can't be getting in a fight in real life. Because of like a take about a movie like that's that's just crazy. But I remember we saw it in Times Square and she like walked away from me and we were texting each other from like a block away from each other. It was like completely insane. Um, yeah, sounds like it. My take might have been horrible. I don't know what it was, but it was, it was still it was a take on a movie like, you know. All right. Well, I think uh, you should see the movie again and try to recreate this <laughs> and keep doing it over and over again until you until reach it works out. until yeah. it works out. I mean, rehearsal it, style. Yeah. I think it worked out eventually with Jen and I. So. All right. We're OK. No, until that disagreement gets resolved. Whatever problems you've ever had all probably stem from your Slumdog Millionaire take. Yeah, I don't remember what the take was. Um, all right, I'll, I'll rewatch the Long Rollinger one day and get to the bottom of that. Great. All right. Do we have any more uh, Zach email, or are we done? Yes, he says it will be interesting to see if the remaining episodes are all about raising the kid. Mm. There were tons of little funny reaction shots and moments again, like Nathan's dry script read when he calls the parents, which leads me to my come with guy, Robin. <laughs> he wasn't really a come with dad, but he was such a funny character that it made me laugh out loud a ton. The fight with the roommate leading to the license playlist car was a hilarious stretch. Fucking asshole is the alleged night owl for obvious reasons. Another mm. four pretties, I guess. Okay, so it's interesting that, you know, we have a pretty, pretty, pretty good um, group chat, which I think anyone uh, can contact you and is welcome to join if they want. As long as they're not a murderer. Yeah, and most of the feedback in that group chat was very positive about the episode, I thought. But uh, it sounds like those who actually went the further step of contacting the postman formally don't seem to be as high. Well, it was like pretty much fours across the board, wasn't it? Yeah, well, he says four, I guess, is what Zach says. Oh, and well, then, okay. you know, Beverage says he's lower and, and Jim's lower. Yeah, I, I don't know. It seems like, I mean, last episode, it was all fours. And here we got a three and a half. Wasn't three, Michael three, Beverage also a four? I thought he was also a four. Oh, yeah. He, he was a four because, yeah. I mean, yeah. So you were four and a half. He was four. Yeah. Zach was four. I was three and a half. But, yeah, but was he, was, he was a four, but I think he said he liked episode one more. Or yeah, okay. Was, yeah. But yeah, I think that's pretty across the board, uh, you know, above average. Yeah, but I mean, to me, just this episode was like light light years beyond episode one. Right, um, I, I hear that. I mean, certainly in like the scope and the scale and what it's trying to do and like where, you know, the the, the craziness of it is for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of like with Zach where like I just like, la- I think it was Zach who said like that, like episode one was just like funnier, I thought. Yeah, um, that, but, yeah. you know, that's not necessarily what makes it a better show. But, you know, it just and it was also, I think, just the self-contained nature of it, like having, you know, having a beginning, middle end um, just you know, made it a little bit of a better episode for me, but um, I am. Um, I mean, to me, the cliffhanger, the cliffhanger is what makes it better, right? Like, you know, as better, far as also, it, yeah. Like, yeah, I think um, episode one was uh, not a bottle episode, but more of a, a self-enclosed story. But, you know, that if you're trying to hook people to watch episode two of a show, that seems like a bad strategy. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm uh, I, I, I feel especially now having seen episode two, I'm more down in episode one because episode two is so much better. And I feel like episode one had more potential, but we'll see. Don't you hate to be continued on TV? I mean, the whole reason you watch a TV show is because it ends. If I wanted a long, boring story with no point to it, I have my life. <laughs> you know, this is usually where we talk about uh, next week on and we speculate based on a five second trailer. Do you want to watch that trailer? Yeah, why not? OK. Keeping in mind that you know we we actually have we have seen it, but we will uh, obviously yeah, not see it. We're not going to spoil anything. The trailer. Leafy greens, root veggies, and some flowers. Flowers. 
I'm over there wiping Grandpa's ass, dude. It's your job. Ah. I didn't tell the whole truth. So you're a liar? Where are you going? I'll just leave it here with you and then you can change it when you're ready. Okay? Okay, so we see a lot of Nathan interacting with a toddler, like a three-year-old. Yep. Um, and so, and and we see that, you know, Angela's there also. So, yes, clearly we are continuing with um, the storyline from episode two. We're going to have um, Nathan very involved in the parenting. We have him with a three-year-old. Um, there's a guy who's talking about wiping grandpa's ass. Uh, I don't know who that guy is. Or what That's um, Adam's nickname is Grandpa. Oh, yes. Okay, that could make sense. That w- w- Wiping his diaper. We do see an old man yelling at somebody. So maybe that's Grandpa. I don't know. That could be. So, yeah. So we're going to be introduced to more people. Are they real life people? Are they are they actors? You know, we're getting deeper into a strange world. But um, I can just say uh, I'm extraordinarily excited to continue this podcast for the next few weeks and talk about this show. Uh, I could not be more of a 180 from where I was in episode one. All right. Um, yeah, I I, th- I think I saw that you would like shared this uh the the, the the podcast the link to it like on Reddit or something and people were like oh I don't want to listen because this guy's an asshole he doesn't like the show like sounds <laughs> like I had to give it another chance if he wants I mean if he doesn't want then I don't care but I will tell him I'll, th- that's all I have to say we're gonna what do we say oh, we end the episode with the uh with the outro music of that episode sure let's sense. see if let's see if there's a s- song called Scion no I meant like the actual music of like you know the music we just heard but okay yeah we can uh. Oh yeah, last week you said we should have done the Wizard. Last of Oz. week we did Willy Wonka, didn't we? Oh, we did do Willy Wonka last week. I yes. thought so. Yeah. yeah. Um, or did we? Or maybe you told me to, but I'd already posted the episode, and I um, I don't remember. Somebody tell us what was the what was the outro of our episode last week? Well, get get that to, somehow. The you should hear this episode. You know what? I think no, it was. I think it was Willy Wonka. I think you're right. Yeah. All right. So, what 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 would you say was the uh, was the song that most represented this episode? Well, there is a there is a uh, a musical artist called Scion, so we can choose one of their songs. Mm. They have a song called Protection Song, which obviously Robin does not listen to that song. Protection I do see there was an episode of Smallville called Scion. All right, let's use that. Well, okay. just play a whole episode of Smallville? <laughs> yeah, you Spotify. would do that on 32 fans, probably. <laughs> so record 30 minutes of audio. <laughs> I don't even know it was Smallville. Oh, how many episodes were there of Smallville? That's a good question. Um, I know. That's what I'm asking you. You're the I'll say uh, 118. Uh, do you know how many seasons there were, by the way? No, obviously. <laughs> okay. Uh, there were 10 seasons. Wow. I was way off. Do you want to revise your guess or stick with, one, guess or stick with 118? No, obviously not. Okay. Um, I'll say um, 214. 217. Okay. Yeah. Once you know the number of seasons, yeah, it's a lot it's, easier. It's, it's not that hard. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right, Adam, we are playing the Smallville outro song to end. This all right, show. let's do it. Bye.